0: Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Okay, welcome everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I am here with... Dr. Dave, in quotes. Dr. Dave is here today to talk to us about CoQ10 and the importance of CoQ10 as it relates to our physical health, specifics to our cardiovascular health, cellular health and we're really happy to have you here today, Dr. David.
1: Thank you, Lucian. As I always tell you, it's great to hear you too and great to be part of it.
0: Okay, so CoQ10, let's just talk about what it is. Is this something naturally found in nature? Is it something that we have to get from a food source? Is this something that our body can make on its own? What does CoQ10 stand for?
1: Okay, well, CoQ10 is short for ubiquinone or ubiquinol, depending on um, which format you're looking at. UV or the, that prefix, infers, and it is true, that this is ubiquitous. It's in every cell of the body, and it's specifically found and sequestered, if you will, in the powerhouses of the body that we call the mitochondria. Uh, these are little furnaces. They burn oxygen and fat and make energy, and every cell has some of them. Those cells that are more physically active, the things that secrete things or things that are motile and move through the body, like muscle, for instance, is extremely rich in these mitochondria, and that's extremely dependent on CoQ. Brain cells are also very dependent on them because while they don't move, so to speak, they are extremely active And they are subject to and the source of a lot of electrical activity. So that's another kind of activity that requires a lot of energy generation. So um, in two big areas, uh, those areas that move, such as skeletal muscle and the heart, and those areas that think, like the brain, the spinal cord, and and its extensions, um, those areas are very, very dependent on CoQ and do not tolerate low levels of CoQ very well. But CoQ is found in a lot of different foods. So most people have the uh, impression that they can get enough CoQ from their diet. And that's probably true for the first 25 or 30 years. But then as the slings and arrows of everyday life kind of intrude, uh, stresses accumulate, our activity levels go down or have to be more subscribed because we're we're working a certain number of hours. Maybe we don't sleep enough or we go on a specific diet that may not provide enough of uh, the CoQ. Um, we, we start to um, see uh, decline in the CoQ levels in those mitochondrial powerhouses. And that has some uh, pretty important consequences that we can talk about. The bottom line is, as we age, the important form of CoQ seems to go down.
0: And Dr. Dave, is this something that our body takes in, say, like a raw form and converts it down to a pathway into CoQ? Or do we find it in whatever we're eating and then our body takes a CoQ in that and just basically brings it into the mitochondria? Is there a conversion pathway for this?
1: There really isn't a conversion pathway. The, this is such a, um essential a part of, of most food groups that it really doesn't need to be converted or changed. It exists in nature in the format that we need it to. But the important thing that does have to happen, and, and the reason CoQ is so important, is because it's part of this um energy chain that we have inside the mitochondria. Now, when I said the mitochondria were like little furnaces, I wasn't kidding. If anybody's ever had a uh, hot water heater in their house burst, when it bursts, it dumps rusty water outside all over the place in your basement. Hopefully that's where it is. And uh, you're stuck with a rusty mess. Rust is oxidation. And one of the functional things that CoQ does is it prevents oxidation or excess oxidation inside those mitochondria because they are like little hot water heaters or little furnaces too. They're burning fat and oxygen and there's a lot of free radicals and excess energy inside there that has to be contained and that's what CoQ does. It contains that but as we get older, it seems like we lose the ability to convert it into the, the slightly different form that we need. That absorbs all that energy. That's called reduced CoQ or ubiquinol. Um, The other form is called ubiquinone, and that's uh, the unreduced form. That ubiquinone form doesn't really have the ability to soak up that energy. And so uh, one of the important things that we we talk about when we talk about CoQ is you've got to have that reduced form in your body. And your mitochondria seem to lose the ability to convert that from the unreduced to the reduced form as you get older. And that, by the way, is one of the key features of what is known as the mitochondrial theory of aging. It's the loss of the ability to soak up free radical damage and a spreading of that damage from the mitochondria outside into the cell around and then from those cells which become damaged to cells that surround them.
0: And Dr. Dave, based on what you said, would you find it to be true that if someone engages in some sort of a detoxification program, they can kind of strip out maybe a lot of that waste or gunk that's in the, the heart of that cell? If we can get on some program where we're pulling out a lot of toxins, a lot of waste, do you find that detoxification plays a role here? Maybe like a cleanse, a fast uh, colon cleanse, um, other types of cleanses where we're kind of stripping out a lot of those waste products?
1: You know, it makes sense that it would, but it's not really dependent as much on what you eat anymore. When you get to the situation, say, of 35 or 40 years old, it really is is not so much a nutritional issue. It's a machinery issue. The machinery inside that mitochondria just can't can't do what they used to do. While I, I, I'm certain that cleansing is healthful and colon cleansing and those kinds of things are extremely beneficial for stripping out other kinds of toxins from the body. Um, They can't fix broken machinery unless that machinery is broken because of uh, the toxins themselves. So if you're poisoning yourself and you remove the poison and your body has the ability to recuperate, it will do so. But if the machinery is broken and just part of the quote-unquote natural aging process, you know, the cleansing isn't going to affect that particular part of your, of your anatomy.
0: Okay, because you're the DNA telomere guy, i got to ask you <laughs> if there is, what's the connection between the CoQ, the mitochondria, and what's happening on a DNA level?
1: Okay, well, the, the thing that we've seen recently is, uh, I talked briefly about the mitochondrial theory of aging, and what that meant was that as the mitochondria get older and less functional, they don't absorb this free radical stuff very well. And that then goes on to cause cellular dysfunction. That's it in a nutshell. And obviously, it's an oversimplification. But what we've also found, um, quite interestingly, is that the the DNA end caps, which we call the telomeres, which I just referred to as the biologic time clocks, seem to be the the gatekeepers. And they really affect mitochondrial behavior. They affect how well the mitochondria do things like convert CoQ to, to the necessary form. They affect how much mutation happens inside the mitochondria. They affect how well the mitochondria actually um, create energy. And so uh, if you were to look at one thing that seemed to trigger the aging process in those mitochondrial powerhouses, it is probably telomere length. That's the ultimate guardian of that. That said, um, you can work it from both ways. If the telomeres are sort of the big boss of the factory, and you have a broken bunch of machinery in the factory, the boss can make improvements and help things more, move more smoothly. But if you can fix that machinery as well by helping those mitochondria with something like a reduced form of CoQ, then you've got both things covered. And that is an effective uh, way to address the aging issues, in my opinion.
0: Okay, and to bring around full circle with the omega-3 issue, when it comes to supplementing CoQ and taking it you know, in, in the, the form that you have, but for example, in your product, what is the importance of how that gets delivered into the cell in terms of absorption, getting through that cell membrane? I know that our cell health depends upon the health of that membrane. Is that an issue when it comes to supplementing CoQ and probably for that matter, supplementing anything like you had mentioned vitamin D in one of our previous interviews, you had talked about vitamin D getting through is the same issue applying here with CoQ as a supplementation, getting through that cell membrane, getting in there. And doing its job
1: absolutely Lucian. although I will say that coQ is um, seems to be more easily absorbed than some of the big vitamins um, uh, vitamin D is a sterol and um, you know it, it's a little bit more complicated chemical structure, but everything that you eat, everything that you take. Um, that you want to get inside the cells is going to get in there more effectively if you have an appropriate omega-3 fatty acid. I just call it the fish oil level. If your fish oil level is good, um, then everything that you take is going to get in better. Uh, I would always start there. um, But CoQ, again, is probably number two on the list if you're going to look at individual supplements. The two work phenomenally well together. And we talked about heart health. It's a great adjunct for heart health as well. So, um, yes. Cell membrane biology, mitochondrial membrane biology, absolutely critical. Fix those omega-3 levels. But especially if you're over 35 or 40 or you're extremely physically active or you've been recently pregnant, uh, you should consider CoQ supplementation. Anybody who's looking at uh, anti-aging program, in my opinion, needs to be on at least 100 to 200 milligrams of CoQ a day for those very reasons that we talked about in terms of power generation.
0: And is CoQ some of the sort of modern medical establishment is is getting into as well. I know that now there's a big turn into, you know, everyone's jumping on the omega-3 bandwagon. Is CoQ kind of along the same vein? Is CoQ something that's been used a lot? Say, for example, you just, you know, your your local hospital, do they use CoQ if you go in and talk to your local doctor or is that something that's still kind of on the fringes of alternative health?
1: Well, sadly, it's, it's Still on the fringes, I think scientifically most of the uh, most of the uh, medical community accepts it, but they haven't put it into practice yet. Interestingly enough, in the Far East in, in Japan, CoQ is actually a prescription, and that's the the very same form that we use in our CoQ products. It's called Kanenka. It is a it, you you if you're buying it in Japan, you'd have to have a doctor's prescription for it. They also use it in China and Korea for those uh, uh, for hospital based uh, medicine in congestive heart failure specifically, and also in Parkinson's disease and other areas. So if you find in this country. Uh, an advanced uh, doctor who understands alternative medicine and integrates it into their practice, you probably will um, be recommended to take uh, additional CoQ into your diet. Uh, but it's not quite hit the fish oil level yet, and it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense that it hasn't. There's, there's some great data. Um, there's about 10 years' worth of studies on it now. But like everything else, um, you know, they don't use big enough doses. And uh, many of the studies that are done and published in the major medical journals, which are funded by the pharmaceutical industry, uh, they're kind of set up to fail. They use a, a ubiquinone instead of ubiquinol. They use 30 milligrams instead of 100 or 200 milligrams. And they just don't, either they don't understand or they deliberately don't do it right to, to get the, the appropriate results. So it's coming. Uh, it's going to become a lot more uh, widespread. And you're going to see every physician in the country ultimately embrace some aspect of alternative medicine. Hopefully, the the rest of us will be able to um, benefit from it before that happens. And we'll keep pushing the agenda and getting these people to wake up.
0: All right. Fantastic. That's what it's all about. Dr. Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining us and explaining CoQ to our listeners. We will definitely be talking to you again in the near future. We're going to be doing some pieces on DNA and telomeres. This This is really your area of expertise that everybody loves. People can't seem to get enough of it. We're really excited to have Dr. Dave with us and explaining these amazing things.
1: Thank you, Lucian. It's a great pleasure, as I always tell you, it's fabulous to, to hear your voice and, and interact with you and the audience on on these topics that I love so much.